Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Thunder of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. Joining me once again is the Commissioner Jude Seymour and the Chief Inspector Brendan McAlinden. Fellows, we are a 500 podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're doing better than that, right? I mean, I feel like I feel like we we, we turn in a five star effort most nights. I don't think we had a. Uh, there's no yeah. trap. There's no trap pod. The effort. Yeah. The effort's yeah. always three and one. Trap pod. Yeah, we don't, I don't think there was a trap pot in there. I uh, all I know is that I think my my uh, proclamation that Marshall was nothing but a fucking trap game is the most accurate take in the Notre Dame uh, beat. The most accurate take. I am the smartest man covering Notre Dame football. That was a trap game. That's all you need to fucking know. Uh, it's okay. I, it, it's okay that your emperor uh, uh, is the smartest man in the room. Sometimes it just it fucking happens. Uh, it was a trap game. Ah, uh, you know, so wasn't a trap game. To talk though. about these freaking on fire. What's that? You know, it wasn't a trap game though. Carolina. <laughs> it was a trap game. Oh. <laughs> Carolina sure wasn't. No, no, it was not. It was not. We are going to get to Notre Dame's. I called it a blowout. I changed the a, a a headline for uh, for one of the uh, someone's story. I can't remember even whose story it was. 
And I threw the words blowout in there. And of course, people are like, that's not a blowout. Like, fuck you if it wasn't. It was going to be 52 26. That's a blowout. If Cam Hart doesn't suddenly get uh, concrete uh, feet. Yeah. Yeah. It it was a fucking blowout. All right. With with some hiccups in the fourth quarter. So just uh, watch your mouth and recognize. (laughs) It's a blues record. Watch for the the brilliance of it all. So we. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're gonna get to all that, uh, but first we, we'll uh, get this thing started right. Just want to get a reminder, everybody, get on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. Any review that you leave, we will read word for word on the next OFT podcast. And as always, there is a particular type of review we are looking for, Brennan, and maybe you can explain what those are. Uh, yeah, we're looking for those earned Julian Love five stars. You didn't want to go Drew Pine, huh? <laughs> the man. Give me another week. Give me another week, man. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm loving you all. Suddenly, the, the, the Drew, Drew Pine, Pine podcast is astronomical. The disrespect to Drew Pine on this podcast is astronomical. Uh, all right, I got two two reviews tonight. Uh, uh, we're we're gonna start we're gonna start with this one here. Uh, this is from. Do your fucking job. Ooh. Uh, and it's three stars. Okay. So this is this is not five star review. Three stars. And it says, get a new mic, Brendan. Oh. Why does Brendan sound like it's recording on a 1987 Macintosh Plus? I don't follow or listen regularly, but my husband does. And every episode, I'm subjected to the sounds like it was recorded in 1990. Boy, uh, do you think this lady confused Brendan with G? Whoa, hey, what <laughs> she said, Brendan, <laughs> let's take this woman at her word. <laughs> I think but she also says she's okay. not a regular listener. Well, it could be true. Her husband. Wow. Brendan, what kind of microphone are you using? I'm using a Yeti. Okay. The, what are what are the uh, the snowballs? No, no, one of the the blue, one of the bigger ones. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, I'm using a snowball. Uh, Jude, what what microphone are you using? Uh, I'm using the headphone jack of my iPhone. Yes, I do believe this lady was mistaken. <laughs> no, I, I I honestly think she knows what she's talking about. Do I really sound that bad? I, I feel like it's not. Oh. <laughs> Jude is talking more shit for chip eating and and all sorts of stuff. And it's all Brendan's fault. He is not going to take this one. Up. No, I'm not yeah. taking She said Brendan. She didn't say Jude. She knew who she was talking She listened to the pod close enough that she knows our names and she knows which one to call I out for their I terrible. I don't follow or listen regularly. Yeah, but she said the word Brendan, not but one my of you husband guys. Does. One of you guys. I think she's just annoyed and she just heard a name. You know what? Somebody needs to leave us another review and they need to settle the Brandon versus Jude debate. Of who's got the acceptable speakers and who, when he plugs in his speaker, sounds really loud at first and then it normalizes itself. It's not me. It's Brandon. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. Let the, let the listeners chime in on that one. 
Uh, all right. Last one here tonight. I got uh, here's this is from Fighting Irish 42. Earned five star. Yeah. Five star review. This is gr- <laughs> what a concept. Uh, it says, great pod. I'm responding to your plea for more reviews. It's been a while since I left a review, but I'm not, I'm just now recovering fully from eating the tainted home run in pizza you have pushed for so long. <laughs> luckily, I am luckily I am now fine. In all seriousness, keep up the good work. It's been a rocky start to the season, and solid entertaining fan talk is just what the doctor ordered. Go Irish. This was a, That was a review dropped on Thursday last week, so we are past the rockiness. Uh, there's no way that you got sick from home and pizza without um, <clears throat> chunks of doing metal. something yourself. There's no, no way. What about chunks of metal? There's no way. When they were shipping uh, we're not them talking off, about had, uh... never, it never happened. <laughs> if there's no recall, <laughs> uh, I don't know anything about it. Don't know anything about it. Uh, if they have a problem, I mean, there'd be a class action lawsuit, right? Something I know pretty well about, like, when do you go to your mailbox and find, like, four class action lawsuit checks uh, in there for shit for, like, over a decade ago that I still don't have any recollection of? Uh, and four four of them added up to about 270 bucks. <laughs> What's that? It's a lot of home field. It is. Or a couple of hoodies. Purple hoodie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about Homefield for just a, a quick oh, second. Yeah, my Eastern Michigan gear came. Get on over yeah. to Homefield, homefieldapparel.com. Did you see the East Carolina shirt? Yeah, with the pirate on it, looks uh, phenomenal. Looks nice. Boys, you know now you know I got over because I am not going to do the the Medill cartel purchases. So no Northwestern gear for me uh, and those fucking drug dealers, uh, Medill. <laughs> and was definitely not going to be Kansas State. Those goddamn bastards for ruining Notre Dame's 20, 2012 national championship. But here comes a purple. There's no way in hell I'm not grabbing one or two or three of those things. So, it, it, dude, it was, that was gorgeous. It's absolutely just pretty uh, with the pirate on it. Just pretty. And Hopefield right now has just been dropping. Just they've been dropping things left and right. Uh, without uh, now they're done with big new Saturdays for good. And yeah. Now they're just like nice, freedom. Big, nice Big Mac rollout. Yeah. Hey, did you you got your shirt, Jude? How does that look on you, sir? I well, first of all, I well, I can't get enough green shirts in my in my house, but I do love the script. Um, you know, it's to, to your typical home field softness, and um, I just I'm. I'm in hood, home field hoodie season, but I can't wait to uh, to throw that on maybe underneath a hoodie or uh, maybe on a warm one of our few warm days that we might have left. So I went to Menards this morning. I had to go purchase a uh, new fence for the highly uh, talked about uh, litigated uh, fence line in my property. Oh, yeah, right. So <laughs> showed up there and then I did some walking around. Uh, Menards as one as one does uh, to see what other huge amounts of money I have to spend uh, over the next few months for projects my wife has written down. Uh, and I just so happen to be wearing my California Bowl champions Eastern Michigan shirt uh, underneath my Eastern Michigan hoodie. And uh, 
wore that through uh, through Menards, and out of nowhere, guy looked at me. I had just I took off my hoodie. I was getting hot, and uh, guy walking down the aisle looked at me and just goes Truey Moo. Now, which is never a call when I was there, uh, but it is the hashtag call. So I just kind of put my fist up and said, yeah, yeah, baby. Uh, and, you know, walked out of the way. But it's a real deal. These, this this Mac gear was fire. Uh, I saw Lauren posted her uh, her Ohio shirt. That was hot. Uh, so you still get a chance to get over to home field. 15% if it's your first order. Use the code one foot home field apparel, home field apparel for just the best stuff. It just, it just keeps coming. It just keeps coming out. More I like right the way now. they're doing it now. It's just like, boom, Tuesday we're doing this. Boom, Thursday we're doing this. Coming in fast. Yeah, I'm wearing my Tulane hoodie, so I think we might be three for three in the home field wearing well podcasting. Did you guys see that they had they had a, uh, a fire sale? A fire sale? Uh, 15% off all hoodies? Uh, the other day, just like a one-day deal. Well, I can get I can get fifteen percent by using the code one foot any day, right? If it's your first order, Jude. We've it's talked always, about this. It's always my first order, Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> I have enough I have enough credit cards and email addresses to always make it my first order. Hopefield <laughs> <laughs> apparel, hopefieldapparel.com. All right, gentlemen, let's get let's get to the beef of what we're here for for uh were you guys expecting basically 300 yards of rushing of anything that was going to be laid out for this game were you expecting damn near three i mean it was two okay 294 with sack if anyone was expecting it it had to be brendan because i'm here to get brendan his flowers for for telling us that Gene Chizik is it, reminding us that Gene Chizik is a trash defensive coordinator and that UNC's defense, <laughs> they had played absolutely nobody and that they were going to get mightily exposed. And that is exactly what happened on Saturday. So Brendan, all kudos to you. Um, and sorry for being a doubting Thomas literally um, because I did not get behind believe, me. <laughs> I did not believe <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, in fact you guys had me so turned around I, like i was the biggest drew prime person and then i was like well i don't know that drew pine can score 30 <laughs> points against any team and now he's put up 40 45 so i think good here I, think we're good. I believe i believe i mentioned the fact that north carolina gave up 288 yards to appalachian state 235 to, to georgia state and and i said Notre Dame was uh not going to struggle in the least um they didn't, did they? No, no, they, uh, no, no, this was, uh, I feel the most vindicated from this, uh, probably since the Wisconsin game, when I tried to tell everybody who would listen to me that, uh, uh, what's his name? Graham Mertz was awful. <laughs> and he's been awful ever since. He has yeah. Been like you literally put since. the hex on him forever. <laughs> well, he put that on himself no, uh, for just being awful. Uh, probably not as bad as the Phil Jerkovic uh, hacks, but we'll I'm take kidding. it. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, it was I, uh, it was therapeutic. So, so let me let me ask you guys. First quarter, you know, North Carolina goes up seven nothing, like right off the bat, looked smooth, kind of smooth doing it. Josh Downs is in the mix, um, 
And then Drew Pine goes out and he gets what two passes batted down to the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And every Notre Dame beat writer out there possibly was just like, this is what we see in practice. This is what we see in a, like just everyone's ready to throw in the towel. First couple drives. 46 for seconds of 46 seconds of practice. They got to see all summer. Right. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And I, I mean, I, I can't say that I wasn't on the same level, right? Like I was, I'm like, I was, con- I was threat level concerned. Yes, absolutely. I, I tweeted out the peanut butter and jelly gif. Uh, Jude tried calling me out for it. And I'm like, look, I'm just looking. All I'm doing is looking at a roster with they a height. They tried to call you out. And I see it's all. I and absolutely I see a taller, called you out. <laughs> I know it. I see the taller quarterback after I just see these passes batted down. Like, that, if there's one thing that I cannot, will never tolerate, is that. Like, if you. I went to college with Earl Boykins. If you guys don't know who Earl Boykins is, he's about five one and was a fucking all American stud at Eastern Michigan as a point guard played in the NBA. Now someone that short should not be playing well, right? Except these short people know what the fuck they're doing. They've been short their whole lives. There's a way to get around all this, all this nonsense, right? Like they know how to play around bigger people. And I'm looking at Drew Pine like, why aren't you more like Earl Boykins, bro? Figure it out. Figure out how – I mean, you have to figure out how to get this ball around him. And I'm just like – I'm willing him Earl Boykins energy, just willing him uh, from my office through the TV down in North Carolina, just like talking it into existence. And then it just – it disappeared. Then all of a sudden it never happened again. So – but there for a moment there was just like – I had to break out the fucking voodoo, you know, and pray to the to the God of Earl Boykins, and you know, things worked out. Yeah, I would uh, I would say they worked out pretty well, right? Forty five points is pretty good. Uh, I think Chupine had had himself a day. Twenty four to thirty four for two hundred eighty nine yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, a completion percentage of seventy one percent, which is two weeks in a row now. Wasn't he over seventy percent against Cal? Uh, yeah, I, pretty, he was seventy four. Pretty sure he said like seventy three or yeah. seventy four. Seventy three point yeah. nine. Yeah. So two weeks in a row now, our Drew Pine has thrown for over seventy percent, over seventy one percent. Uh, well, last week, last week, a lot of us dismissively waved that away by yes. saying, well, look at, look right. at the caliber of the passes, right? Right. And, and totally, totally turned it upside down. Now, again, Brendan was screaming about the, this trash ass North Carolina defense and it was absolutely correct. But at the same time, I don't fucking care. I don't care that they were trash. Well, if they're a trash, like doesn't matter if they're trash or not. We still needed to see Notre Dame and Drew Pine be able to do the things that we wanted to do. And we said, like, we need to see them stretch the field. We need to see them do these things, attempt these things moving forward. Like, if they're going to do it, it'd be this game. Like, they have the capability of doing it. And they did it. I mean, the, he he pushed the ball downfield. You know, they had some big pa- big passing plays that were longer than – uh, depth of target of, <laughs> of the two yards or whatever it was. 
Yeah, uh, against Cal. Yeah. Here's the thing about that though, Josh, is um, if a tree falls in the forest and no one is there to hear it, does it make a sound? If Drew Pine throws a 30-yard touchdown pass to Lorenzo Styles and no one sees it, does it actually happen? <laughs> <laughs> Because that cameraman, Dude, they weren't even gonna show. Well, it, they knew. I mean, they knew they screwed. The up first thing they showed, they came back from commercial break, wasn't even the touchdown. It was just the fucking to pull out their their bullshit. Thirty seconds about Lawrence Taylor. <clears throat> like I was like, I was like, yeah. They knew every second of the pass. They were getting with your camera work criticized for that, but Taylor put it. The, the problem, I, I think, well, I, I, it's not really a problem, but um, it, it's it's not unlike when a Major League Baseball team brings in a reliever who is obviously trash or maybe a, a positional player who comes up to the plate and just is lobbing meatballs across, you know, across the plate. And you still have to hit it. So North Carolina's defense was abhorrent. And they will continue to be abhorrent for the rest of the year until Gene Chizik's fired. But the fact that Notre Dame was able to put bat on ball and go yard with it is something that can't be dismissed. Like they were bad and they hit it. And yes, they hit a bad pitch, but they still hit the bad pitch. They still put good wood on ball and sent it yard. And I think that the most important thing and the takeaway from that is, is Drew Pine, if, if there's going to be breakdowns in protection, he's going to be able to get the ball where it needs to go in those situations. And we weren't sure of that going into the game and coming out of the game. The biggest takeaway from, for me, as far as the, the Drew Pine performance is that he can put the ball where it needs to be if there are those sort of situations that arise, which they do in all football games that happened in Notre Dame. Um, you know, Drake May, uh, you know, uh, Duke's Mayo. <laughs> he, he, there were, there were long passes that he hit when Notre Dame made mistakes and he hit them and he's a good quarterback and he's going to do that. And Drew Pine showed that if there's going to be mistakes in coverage, he has the ability to make teams pay and teams are going to look at that and probably it should help the running game at a bare minimum moving forward because you can't make those kind of mistakes now where going into it, perhaps they thought maybe they could have made those mistakes and obviously they were wrong. I, I, I half expected to hear that Gene Chizik had lost his job, um, you know, the Sunday after the game. It just how and you can do anything you want to blame, you know, inattention or whatever, but how you leave Michael Mayer open at any point in any scheme doesn't make no sense to me at all. I mean, the guy's going to find himself open anyways, but to leave him as wide open as you did on that, that touchdown pass is just, it seems unconscionable. Oh yeah. And I'm more egregious than that. If, if I'm Mac Brown and he kind of talked about it in the post game is that, um, you know, Audric Estime and what should have been the, you know, ceiling drive, the fumble notwithstanding, but everyone in that stadium, everybody watching that football game, everybody on the field knew that Notre Dame wanted to run the football. 
Yeah. And North Carolina could do absolutely nothing to stop them from running it down their throat. Um, it was one of the most um, satisfying feelings of just everyone knows what yes. you want to do. I, I heard that if you stack the box, you're not supposed to be able to do anything in North Carolina, <laughs> stack the box. And Notre Dame was able to do whatever <laughs> they wanted on that drive. And just the satisfaction, the fact it didn't end in a touchdown is heartbreaking to me because that would have been one of the drives that, you know, stuck with me for a while. Um, just in well, the other day. Yeah, as a as a gentleman who took uh, Notre Dame thirteen and laying thirteen and a half on the live line, uh, the fact that it didn't end in a touchdown and that Cam Hart decided to have feet of stone on the next drive was uh, particularly unsatisfying to me. Oh, but uh, yeah, I just uh, you know they they looked totally in control. Um, they looked dominant. They North Carolina um, really had no answer for Notre Dame's offense, which was it, it was great provided a lot of confidence. And I expect to see that when I survey the OFD readers this week, I expect to see that reflected in, in the, the survey results, because I think a lot of people probably feel as we do that we didn't think this was, this was entirely possible. And now it's opening the door to a lot more of a, of a re uh, imagining of what we could do against BYU um, going forward in UNLV and so on and so forth. I mean, it, it, yeah, satisfying. Yeah. It's a bit much to, to, to reimagine some things, but you know, that night when I'm laying in bed, watching North or uh, Southern cow play against uh, (laughs) Oregon State, state. Yeah. I couldn't help, but to think I, I, I thought to myself, I want USC to win this football game because they are a beatable football team. And I want them to be as as highly ranked as possible because I want to smash dreams because I think if Notre Dame can play this kind of bully ball going forward um, and there was was things left to be desired on the offensive line and they were still able to get it going. And I think the offensive line should continue to improve. I'm not sure how much more Joe Alt can continue to improve because I think he's pretty much perfect at left tackle, right? PFF grades him out that way. At least he's the second highest rated tackle. PFF is like, yeah, he, uh, he's having himself a hell of a math day. Yeah. Um, it's something like 90.5 second highest rated. Uh, doing. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, I mean, yeah, he's making the math nerds, uh, really excited right now with the, with the advanced stats on the blocking scheme. No, I think I just think the line itself has started to come together. They looked so much more in sync, like it has gotten better. So I, you know, I don't know if the whole Patterson being, I mean, I'm not exactly sure what what contributed to what, right? Like obviously Ohio State's defensive line is just was just good, and they outplayed Notre Dame's offense, like whooped them up front. Um, and then Marshall, it was just like a big trap game effort. <laughs> you know, they just get, they got worked by that. And it's just like, what the fuck is going on? This should not be happening. And now we're starting to see things start to gel together. Patterson's getting healthy or at least playing healthy. Joe Alt's out there being a man. I mean, 
we've all been on this podcast have been highly critical of Josh Lug. I can't even come into this podcast and say much about Josh Lug. Hell, he's even sporting a, a handsome mustache right now. Yeah. And and I think the I the, mean, it's, the trendy thing is to sort of knock on um, uh, Blake Fisher because he hasn't I mean, he hasn't really been up to X, but like what we expected. But right. The thing I'll say about him is there were two plays on Saturday where like the hustle from him running downfield um, uh, to, to try and push the pile into the end zone and then, uh, you know, suplexing um, <laughs> to get extra yards. Uh, he's yeah, he's that, out there hustling. That play, that's, that play itself, when he was out there, and he, and I, was, it, was it Tyree that he grabbed? Was it Diggs? Diggs. Some Diggs, but yeah, yeah. Which is maybe you don't want to suplex Diggs with his shoulder. I don't know, <laughs> but love the effort. Love the effort. Love love the want uh, to get those extra yards. However, however you can find them. Um, yeah, I want to bring up Logan Diggs for a minute, real quick, because I, I trashed him pretty hard on the last podcast. We all I did. We all did. We all did. Yeah, and. Even at the beginning of the game against North Carolina, there were DMs that were like, what the fuck are we doing with Diggs? Why is this still – why is this the thing? Why are we going back to this? What is going on? Yeah, he was a, he was a starter. He's a co- him and uh, – they went two packs right off the right off the jump, and it was Est- or, uh, Tyree and Diggs. Very critical. And then he just goes out and have has himself a game. Yeah, looked good around. doing it too. It wasn't Horrible. it wasn't cheap. Like the he he got some yards inside. He bounced it out when he should have. He made some good moves down the field. You know. So what do you rack up? Uh, fifty yards, 50 yards uh, rushing, receiving 60, 65 nice. receiving. Yeah. Yeah. Did a buck fifteen. Yeah. Yeah. Of Notre Dame's three running backs, all three of all three of which had over a hundred yards, all purpose yards. Uh, Diggs was second most with 115 and he got himself a couple of touchdowns or yeah, two touchdowns. Yeah. So, or no, is it just one touchdown? Just the one touchdown on the, just the, the other one, yeah. wheel route. Yeah. Just one touchdown. Still, As- I mean, he looked good, but everybody looked good. Everybody looked good. I was going to say that you're hard pressed to find somebody who didn't look great. I mean, uh, Pine Corral on that, probably didn't uh, look great, but. No, pine on that. Uh, Braden Lindsay didn't look great. No, Braden Lindsay didn't look. I great. don't. It's just like I, I don't. I don't want to understand. I don't know what we need to do and this with Braden Lindsay to get him going in this offense. Because doesn't this feel like the game that Braden Lindsay should have looked good in? Yeah, absolutely. You know, they even they. I mean, they only ran him once. You know, on an end around. It's not like he's Brock Bowers or anything. Um, but this point, you know, he got seven guy, yards. Doesn't. He has what the six most snaps of any player on the team and the most of any wide receiver. And what do we have to show for that? Uh, I mean, I can tell you what we can show. Not a lot, right? boys. We have a hundred. Let's see. Ugh. it's worse than it's not. It's not a hundred. Yeah. Seven it's not even hundred sixty-nine. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not great. I get. I guess a point to be made. I guess a point we can make here, though, with that is, <coughs> excuse me, one of the guys that we thought if Notre Dame was going to have any success this year 
would have to get it going would have been Braden Lindsey, right? Especially with the, the way the wide receiver room was. Almost like we were kind of expecting it from him for him to have a good season, needing it as well. Yeah. Well, here we are in a game where Notre Dame just absolutely destroyed their opponent, and Braden Lindsey had a grand total of 19 yards. You know, one rush, two two receptions for 19 yards, and Notre Dame absolutely did not need any of that. No, pretty amazing what's going on. So it's not like Braden Lindsay has gotten slower. No, and they, so well, there's they a way him against Marshall find, for whatever the game plan was. Marshall because he had the yes. two, the, he had the the multiple long, long. Uh, I guess all I'm, I guess all I'm saying is that. I still think that Brayden Lindsey's going to have a couple of games this year. And you yeah. just kind of hope it's, it's in one of those times where you need like Clemson I mean, but would it's be gonna great. Be against Navy, right? Like uh, that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, not. maybe it's against USC. That'd you know, I huge a heck of a capper huge. to your, right. That's what I'm saying. Like career. Which would, you know, Hey, I'm fine with it. Uh, Tony Jones jr. Made a, made, my all-time list because he was a Trojan killer. Braden Lindsay's had pretty decent success against USC. Yeah, do it again, and you will forever be a legend in my book. I mean, kill the fucking Trojans. Uh, so, uh, I, just was a pleasant surprise to see Jaden Thomas get four targets, caught two of them, looked good on those two. I mean, he played physical, so it, it was nice to see that get it away from just the running backs in the passing game. Um, and you know, Jaden Thomas, again, it's only two receptions, 24 yards. The target is an end zone shot too. Yes. Yes. Yep. Um, Brendan, just a quick question. What was your favorite Joe Wilkins junior snap from this last Uh, game? You know, there's, there's too many to, to really. Yeah. Well, I want you to narrow it down if you could. Um, I I was a really big fan of the uh, the one the pacing on the sideline or the the whooping or the the towel yeah. waving. Yeah, I, I like that one. Um, yeah, I maybe thought, something uh, on special teams. Maybe wait. What about um? I I think one of the games that helped open everything up was when Drew Pine scrambled and got downfield blocking to rush for twelve at the end of the first quarter on a third and seven. He he was he was out there blocking on that one, right? Uh, no, no, uh, <laughs> that was a big play, by the way, uh, that drew pine, uh, first down pickup at the end of the first, when before that they were basically spinning wheels on offense. Uh, they might've had, um, <laughs> close to, if not negative yards, uh, before, before that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think they had they had 28 yards before that Drew Pine uh, rush, and that opened up their first touchdown. Um, but he wasn't blocking on that. Well, well, what about um, what about the fourth quarter? Um, was he out there? Was he out there when uh, it was 45? Uh, uh, you know, unless unless uh, my PFF is wrong, they have him down for uh, for zero snaps in this game. So oh. zero offensive snaps. Oh. Oh, okay. So he's still not healthy, is what we're saying. Well, I, I'm pretty sure he played on special teams, but at the same time, like this is not. Look, the reason that Jaden Thomas is getting 50 snaps a game is because there's nobody else to put out there, no, right? Certainly not Tobias Merriweather. 
I mean, Salerno's not getting snaps anymore. Um, Lindsay's doing all that he can with, you know, doing nothing. Um, they got their, they got their, um, Colsey's Colsey needs to be put on a milk carton because he's just such a non-entity. I saw him. No, he's there. They got their Matt Salerno (laughs) play in there though, Jude. They always dial up a play for Matt Salerno. He got his, his his one for seven. He got it. So. I, uh, I mean, I don't I just, think they just don't need, they don't need wide receivers is what it boils down to. Apparently not. They don't. They, I mean, they have running I mean, backs that catch the football and they split true. them out and they have Michael Mayer and then there's Zoe Styles, and that's And that's uh, Eli Reardon did some good blocking, if I recall correctly, too. Yeah. Which we're going to need now with Kevin Ballman, who's out for the rest of the season, yeah, the rest of the season. Uh, with an ACL. I think it was Matt Freeman from Meyer Sports Daily that, that – highlighted a reared and block that was good. Yeah. And that's something that I guess Ballman yeah, he, do very well is I guess Ballman wasn't a good blocker, which is surprising. Cause that was kind of like the thing that was selling us on Ballman from the, from high school up, like a physical, a more of, you know, a physical presence out there, a guy that can really push some guys around. So, you know, he wasn't going to be the dynamic, like, like ultra dynamic Tyler Eifert style pass catcher, but he was going to get his and he was also going to be out there as a, you know, kind of like a lot like Brock Wright. Yeah. And who's well, collecting, and it, who's collecting NFL paychecks. <laughs> so this isn't a knock. this isn't a knock on either Brock Wright or Kevin Bauman. Just saying it just haven't seen that, uh, that of him yet. And now we're not going to for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, but Looking forward to Holden stays and Eli Raritan getting more snaps. Uh, but yeah, this is a, uh, it's kind of a throwback wet dream. If we can make it work with what Notre Dame has, right? Yeah. Like, like this, like this, this is very like reminiscent of dare I say the Holtz era <laughs> when, when, when you had like just three or four running backs to put in at any point in the game, didn't matter which one was out there. Uh, you definitely had one wide receiver who was underused, uh, but still gets, uh, you know, some numbers like, like this all feels very Holtz, except that they're thrown to the fucking tight end. Right. Uh, <laughs> that's like the, the only thing that, do, that, that doesn't like completely nail, uh, nail it home. Is the fact that we are throwing like that tight end. Yeah. You would think, like to play in this offense. I think one of the things too, um, why I'm, I guess I'm not overly concerned about the wide receivers is all three of Notre Dame's running backs can and have shown the ability to catch the football and do it well. I, I'm not sure if I can recall really a um, like egregious drop by any of them. And, you know, watch against BYU. But um, Tyrese third on the team in catches with with 12. Uh, Diggs has got the the three for 65 that he had uh, this weekend. And the week before it was estimate in the past game um, estimate had three catches for right. 43 yards. So the running backs are all capable pass catchers, which alleviates some, of which the is an need. incredible weapon to have because yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, well, and there's no, the defense can't key on a guy like, most years you don't have this many running backs catching the ball out of the backfield. So when you, when you're swapping out a guy for a guy, 
you know, the defense knows which guy's a pass catcher, which guy isn't right. And they yeah, can adjust absolutely. like a third down back and just to make certain audibles on Now you got three guys who are all three different styles of running backs, but all three can still catch the ball out of the backfield and do it really, really fucking well. So I, I mean, I have no doubt in my mind that it is this particular thing and that Tommy Rees is going to lean on probably the most moving forward as they continue to fill themselves out uh, in the passing game itself. They're just going to continue to lean on Michael Mayer and those running backs. And, you know, the fact that Lorenzo Styles can, is, can be Lorenzo Styles, but they're going to lean on that until they can bring along some of these other guys. Maybe it never happens this year. I don't know. Maybe it does, but this, but at least they have something that works that they can use, whether they're in a jam or, or whatever. Like this is the thing that's going to, that's going to move this offense. And it is incredibly beneficial to their name that all three of these running backs are so capable in the passing game. Like this is, is incredibly good. Uh, because you just don't, for a play caller, it doesn't matter which running backs out there uh, most of the time, right? Like, does it really matter who's out there? Not particularly. I mean, I'd still rather have estimate. estimate I would rather have estimate. I think estimate yes. um, fumble notwithstanding of- established himself as somebody who can be the primary back, and then the other two can complement. I think. And I think the coaching staff on that drive showed their hand with that as well. I mean, it, he, he, you know, he ran for 135, right? Isn't that what he, uh, he ended up doing? Um, make sure of that. Uh, 134. So he ran for 134 on 17. Uh, he got the most carries of any of the running backs in the game. Um, Logan got 10. Tyree got 15. So, you know, I, I think um, that bodes well because he's the guy that that has the body type for, you know, a majority of the carries. And then the other two can provide spark, though. I mean, estimate doesn't look like he, you know, needs a needs a change of pace because, I mean, he. Tossing guys, but it's got to be exhausting to be this on, to be defensive on that, these teams. Oh yeah, I said, on I that drive, uh, on that drive uh, that ended in the fumble, I, I, I just I want to list off the the play, the play chart for that yeah. drive. Estimate yard run, estimate three yard run, uh, Pine to Styles for six, estimate sixteen yard run, estimate four yard run. Diggs for zero. Uh, Drew Pine getting eight yards on the on the ground. Estimate for 18. Estimate for five. Estimate for seven. And then fumbled right there, right before. I mean, it was a half an inch away from crossing the plane and being a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, they just fucking leaned on the guy. He just explode. It was explosive in the fourth quarter. It w- In the fucking fourth quarter, this massive human being. Scary as all hell coming at you full bore and hungry as fuck. I mean, the kid is just hungry and they all, and knew he's it just was coming, he's just chewing and, up. yards. And they knew it was coming too. like it, 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 
I I was told that you can't run when there's the boxes stacked. I thought that that was <laughs> that was something. There's nothing you can do. I thought that there was nothing you can do. Touch grass, Brendan. Touch grass. I what do you I'm want touching to do? it. Um, but yeah, I just uh, I'm very heartened by that, um, and just the confidence that it gives the game. Um, I'm I'm never a huge fan of early bye weeks. Because, I've, you know, a lot of times you want them a little bit later so you can get healthy and whatnot. But the bye week coming off this particular game and allowing them to do more offensive install, because keep in mind, this was Drew Pine's second start um, and second straight week uh, running with the ones of his entire career. And now he gets a week you know, to an, an additional week to run with the ones before the BYU game and they can sort of. Well, I mean, I could have used the uh, like a Boston College this week to be honest. To be if, to be perfectly honest, like I, I I understand what you're saying about about getting that getting more familiarity with you know with the offense, putting more into it now that Pine is is you know the man moving forward this season. Yeah, but I but BC coming off of this win, which was just a which was a yeah. huge one for. Yeah, I just I just thought that, you know, a team like BC would have been nice to play this week instead of a bye. Um, but, Beats you know, the hell out of playing. It is BYU what it is. And I week, though. It does. It does. Because I, I. Yeah, or not. I, I don't know. I'm not sure what to think about BYU just yet. Yeah, I mean, I'm Wyoming not sure. Adam on the ropes for a minute. I, I'm not sure what to think about BYU either. But the kind of game that BYU figures into being is it's going to be more of a phone booth than this one was. And I'm always a little bit, you know, I'm just a little bit wary of that particular game, just the nature of it. And they're good enough to be able to beat a trash. Nah, trash is kind of a harsh word, but like they're they're capable of beating an above average um, Baylor team. So I think that they're a capable football team. And I think Notre Dame will have to. I don't think you can get away with playing a C effort um, against BYU. Oh God, no! Yeah, nope. yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I think I think it's going to help to have um, this bye week just for offensive install and plus North Carolina's offense essentially boiled down to two plays. Um, there was the first drive, which was a scramble drill. It was Drake May breaking contain and and getting yards with his legs and getting them down into the red zone. And then outside of that, it was an 80 yard bomb and it was a 64 yard bomb in, you know, in garbage time with the 64 yarder. But it was it was two um, lapses in coverage that allowed for them to get huge, huge plays. And he had a 43 yarder, too. I mean, they they had. 368 of their passing yards was on five plays. Um, and Drake and Dukes Mayo might be good, but like you still can't let five plays result in 238. So um, there's definitely going to be some things that they're going to have. I mean, we made fun of uh, Cam with the, the, you know, lead feet checking out the 50 on that uh, <laughs> 64 yarder. That's something they got to clean up. Um, I don't think that they're going to need it cleaned up for BYU, but you know how, I mean, if they, that play, if this can, that play can never game happen at that point, that no, play can never happen. It cannot. 
and I, I don't know if it happens. Guys have lost their starting and, job for less. Right. I think. Yeah. And I, and I don't know if well, that we happens have, if they're I'm not calling in. for Cam to lose his job. I'm just saying guys have lost their job for less. Yeah. I mean, it was a 46, I understand. 45, 26 football game at that point. So maybe he's not as locked in as he needs to be, but you need to be locked in. But you should be locked in though. Yeah, That's you the need thing. to be locked in. Yeah. And, yeah. I get it. Like I get not being locked in at that point. Like I understand that's just something that happens, but it shouldn't happen. No. And it sure as shit shouldn't happen when you're still one and two. Your team is one and two before that final whistle. <laughs> like you, everything that you can and should be doing uh, for that full 60 minutes is what needs to be done. And if you're and Kim really Hart, that- I, I, I'm looking over my shoulder at Benjamin Morrison and Jaden Mickey because those two guys look like they can play. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. I mean, yeah. I mean, Mor- Morrison's got Mickey had all the preseason hype, and then Morrison just kind of like showed up and like was really, really fucking good and has outplayed Mickey. Yeah. But the I fact mean, that Mickey. we're sitting here talking, but the fact that we're sitting here talking about two freshman cornerbacks and in a good way is just incredible yeah. to me. Like, like this is something that Notre Dame. Uh, hasn't had since like, I mean, something like moving forward, like Duff and fucking and Shane Walton. And like I two, think like two corners opposite each other that can really play. I mean, you know, Julian loved it. They can never find the other guy on the other side. Troy to Pride match kind up. of, I mean, pride, pride had a good season. He, kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're, I'll, uh, you know, I'll give that pride and love, pride and love had, had a good, uh, what's uh, a, what was the snap stands. count? What was the snap count on Clarence Lewis? Because I think the era of Lewis is over, right? I won't go that far. No, but I I'm saying. Still- but what was the snap count on Saturday against UNC pass pass heavy team? Clarence Lewis, Dude, had you got those snaps. Ten snaps. Ten snaps. And how many did how many Benjamin Morrison have? Fifty-one. How many Jaden Mickey have? Uh, where's Mickey? Uh, 27. Yeah. Um, so you had two freshmen who, um, so wait, seven wait, times wait, wait, snaps. Wait. Are, what are we saying here? I'm saying that the era of Clarence Lewis is over. I don't, I don't think the, think the tales, I think the tales on the tape. I think that, uh, you know, it might be an instance where they've seen, they've seen what they've seen the tapes out there for Clarence Lewis and they've seen what they've seen. They've seen what we've seen. And I think Benjamin Morrison probably going forward when they put out that BYU depth chart, I am not going to be in the least bit shocked if it says Cam Hart, Benjamin Morrison or Cam Hart. I mean, that's quite, that's quite a uh, downgrade, right? He was playing about 40, 50 snaps a game and now he's, he was down to 10. And we're sure that's not injury related at all. I haven't heard anything. Yeah, I haven't heard anything either. I saw him get burned pretty bad, and um, after that, it was just the Benjamin Morrison show. So yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. And the kind of corn. And here's the thing with the, those two freshmen being recruited by um, uh, Marcus Freeman. Marcus Freeman wants his corners to do a very specific job. Um, we saw what they did at Cincinnati with them, 
And these are cornerbacks that Marcus Freeman feels can do the job that he wants them to be able to do. He wants to put them on islands. Clarence Lewis cannot be put on an island, right? So, I mean, if if you can't trust your cornerbacks to do the job that you want them to be able to do, you need to have people in there that can do the jobs. Yeah. So. I just, uh, it's, uh, it's been a s- slow progression into, and there just doesn't seem like there's any bounce back for Clarence Lewis. He just doesn't, he looks shell-shocked or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, and uh, well, and I'm not putting a, a end point on his career because we thought Tariq Bracey was no, yeah, exactly. We're kicked, hoping for a Bracey been, type resurgence, yeah. right? Yeah, that's. So, I just I don't know that we get that in season. Like Bracey, Bracey needed the sort of off season to regroup, right? Yeah, he needed that off season to. Regroup. I mean, maybe the bye week does. Lawrence Lewis some good, but he's he's still lost. Uh, bye, I think the bye week is the one that seals the deal for the yeah yeah for I the next so few too. weeks, though, right? Yeah. So so when it's Benjamin Morrison running with the ones and yeah, and the bye week, and then we get that when we get that depth chart, though there will be people writing stories about it, and I I I wonder if Pete Sampson will reach out to. Uh, any of Benjamin Morrison's uh, high school coaches to find out if he's also a prodigy. <laughs> Jeez. Talk about putting weights on a kid. Holy cow. Right. Um, but other than the, the, the frosh corners, was there anybody defensively um, that stuck out to you guys in this game? I mean, it was a game that I, they, they held North Carolina essentially in check. I would say they held North Carolina in check outside that first drive and the, the two big splashes for touchdowns. I mean, yeah. can we talk about J.D. Bertrand for a minute? Sure can. Um, oh, no. <laughs> you got a cup I mean, of coffee. Do we <laughs> have Grandpa to? Simpson. It was a Grandpa Simpson uh, gift situation where he walks in. managed to get himself thrown out of the game after 11 snaps. My God. <laughs> you know, I don't mind a fresh J.D. Bertrand against BYU in the second half. Oh, he's going to be he's gonna be super fresh. <laughs> yeah, he gets the bye week and the first half off. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't agree with, I don't no, agree the, with the, the call is shit. That was, that's true. But, and ooh. I thought as others have stated elsewhere, I thought Freeman handled it with, with a, with veteran class, uh, in the press conference afterwards. Um, you know, basically just saying they need to teach him a better way to tackle. It's just, it was such a shit thing. How does he not like, know it by now though? Yeah. Right. Right. It's just like, what the hell? I mean, I'm not even sure if Bertrand. Oh, he did. He got, he did tally up uh, one tackle. Uh, yeah. yeah. He got on the it's just, it's highly unfortunate. Um, it's not the era of the, it's a fourth season with the team. He has to know how to tackle. Right. And it, the, this so, is not the era for him. Cause I watched a gift today of uh, Roman Reigns <laughs> tackling Brady Quinn. Did you see that one uh, from the 2006 game? Yeah. And yeah. Jumps on Quinn's head. And I was like, boy, if that was today, uh, enjoy, uh, grab yourself, uh, get up to the press box and get yourself a nice hot lunch. Cause you're not coming back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, silver lining, silver lining to Bertrand though, was the, was getting a few more snaps for 
um, for Prince Kali. I'm not, yeah. Jude, you got, you got the list. What's the, uh, what was the snap total for, for Kali? Kali had 10 snaps. That's oh, it. Wait. No, that's during the regular season. Hold on a second. Uh, defense for North Carolina, right? Against North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Kali had, yeah, 10 snaps. Holy shit. Two tackles and 10 See, snaps. And I, and I swore I saw him more than that. Man, I'm way off. I need to start this looking is, at the stats. This is, first a, this is his first action, too, according to PFF, on defense. Yeah, on defense. Yeah, he's on yeah, special teams. Yeah. Special but, you know, he's a name. He's a name my Irish fans have been, like, bringing up consistently. You know, like, where's he at? Where's he at? Where's he at? Yeah. Um, without Bertrand, you know, if Bertrand is out there for the whole game, he's not getting those 10 snaps. Yeah. Um, sure. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that's good that Bertrand was gone for. I'm just saying there's a silver lining here, and that's that one of your younger players who you want to bring along got some real critical game time. So that that in itself was nice. Um, yeah, and in those ten snaps he got um, got two tackles, got a, got a tackle for loss too yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that Maris, was nice. Maris had a good game, right? Yeah, yeah Maris had a sack and a couple of four what four tackles. Yeah, half sack and, and six, uh, four solos, six total. Yeah. Foskey's half Mills. sacking it at a time. Yeah, Riley exactly. Had a hell of half a game. sacking his way to the record. <laughs> yeah. Riley Mills had a hell of a game. Um, his the, oh, that, right off the jump. That that first sack that he had should not have existed because that that one's all on Drake May because I don't know how you're holding on to that ball and allowing a man the no. size of Riley Mills to uh, essentially like loop around and come up from behind you. Uh, you needed to get Now Mills isn't slow, there. but he's not, he's not the fastest guy on the field. No, he is not a, a like, a like you knew that he's coming for you. Yeah. I thought, I thought May did that a few times. I thought he, he yeah. really misjudged or, and or whatever you want to say about where the pass rush was coming from and kind of got himself in a big ass fucking trouble. I wonder if that's a Phil Longo thing, because that's something that happened to uh, Fat Ian Book a lot, too, where Fat Ian Book would take sacks because he was just holding on to the football and didn't get it away. And this was in that first sack and it, you know, shut down the UNC drive. I think it was their second drive of the game. Um, I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to put myself out there. And so I might sound like an idiot. And that's okay. We're all friends here, right? Was it in this game? Was it in this? Was it in this game, or was it in some other game that I was watching this weekend? Where shouldn't it have been fucking grounding in the end zone? Wasn't there like? I can't really think of one where there was a an op where I was because it was the week before where you could throw it. Um, a hundred, like, I think it was the week before against Cal where Plummer put one, like, Nate it just feels like they, they called something a fumble and that it was a throw instead, but it should have been fucking grounding. I just feel like it happened again against Carolina. I don't, I don't know. Cause it definitely happened against Cal. Cause Plummer had one that like, right. Nate Mountano's watching the game and he does the Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, yeah. Like points at the TV screen where he's like, I've thrown a pass like that at Notre Dame stadium before. <laughs> it was like that puppy sailed. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm thinking of something else. I don't know. I, I thought maybe it would pop in my head if, if I said it out loud, but doesn't matter. Um, 
Jack Kaiser, Quiley. Like, I don't, I'm not sure who the team leaders and tackles are at, at the moment either. I, um, I got the Kyle. team leaders and tackles. And I'll tell you what, it is not Brandon Joseph. Um, he's not Kyle Hamilton. Um, no. We might see Brandon Joseph again next year. I'll just say that. We, you know, it's funny. It's, it's like the Rob Lowe commercial, right? Like, we thought we were getting 2020 Brandon Joseph, but I think we've gotten 2021 Brandon Joseph, right? I think you're probably right. Kaiser leads but, the team in tackles at 26. He but is there still a chance? But is there still a chance with, with Brandon Joseph? Like there, like maybe that's okay. He had no tackle. Well, so here's the thing with Joseph. He had no tackles this weekend. PFF has him graded as one of the lowest uh, rated tacklers in you know of, of safeties. I think he's down in like the 40s or 50s, and. Um, the thing I think you can forgive if Brandon Joseph isn't getting tackles and isn't, uh, you know, st- showing up the stat sheet there is interceptions. And they did get their first turnover of the game, but they still do not have an interception to this point. Um, and Brandon Joseph has not picked off a pass, which is kind of what we were promised. Brandon Joseph against some jag quarterbacks. We were promised jetpacks, right. and we've gotten. Fake hoverboards. We've, yeah, gotten, some jag we've gotten those quarterbacks. 1990s moon shoes. <laughs> commercial looks like you can jump super high. And then I don't know if you boys ever we got We were up. promised a Harrier jet for 7 million Pepsi points. Pepsi points, yeah. <laughs> and we the Marlboro Miles? And a judge just tossed it out. We have not gotten our Harrier jet yet with uh, Joseph. And maybe, <laughs> maybe that picks up um, – against BYU and they should have had a pick against um uh plum, against Plummer with Cal um they got called back but yeah but definitely wasn't Brandon Joseph that picked that off it was not Brandon Joseph that that picked it off so that's the one thing about Joseph is that he hasn't he hasn't made any mistakes where you're like Brandon Joseph you just blew a play that hasn't happened yet um, but at the same time, what we need from him is he needs to make plays and he has not to this point made a play yet. And that's, that's what we need from Brandon Joseph because tackling was never his thing. He was always a bad tackler, but he was kind of sold as a ball hawking safety. And we haven't gotten the ball hawking safety that we've been sold. You know, all is forgiven if he wants to break one of these punt returns. Right. He, he was phenomenal. Which he's looking close. Like he, he like he's, a couple times. It's looked pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it looks like a real punt return. Yeah. And you know what? I'll, um, at this point, I, I, uh, I think I would rather have, um, uh, if, if you were to ask me to trade transfers, um, I think I would rather have uh, who is it? Uh, Charlie Charlie Davis, the the Iowa kid that went to um, Purdue. Charlie, Charlie Jones. Jones. Oh yeah, Charlie Jones. Uh, I think I would rather have him returning punts and his 533 reception yard, seven seven <laughs> seven touchdowns. Uh, that I would have Brandon Joseph not intercepting passes and and not yet housing uh, a kick. What uh, what is Charlie Jones doing for academics? Do you have any idea? I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Nobody knows. Nobody knows about that. 
Well, now that now that we've ventured a little bit away from the UNC game, I do want to talk a little bit about the week that I had. So we're not, we're not going to do game picks this week. Um, we'll just save our money for next week. Um, but I do want to talk about the the grander the grander game itself uh, because you know we said after the Marshall game. I talked about it. Like, just give me fucking 2007's college football. If this is what we got to deal with, give me a, a crazy ass season. And we started to see some of it that, you know, that week. And little by little, we're, we're seeing little bits of uh, kind of, kind of, I don't know, high strangeness. Uh, and seeing some things that people were looking at as, as locks. Like, I don't know, like the seventh ranked fucking team in the country. Uh, should, you know, just barely making it out of Carvel- Corvallis alive. Yeah. Uh, there, five, you know, there's some good five t- number five ranked team barely making it, uh, making it out of there against Twig Forest. Need no team in an overtime game. Yeah. That's uh, a game that you and I couldn't have been more wrong about, Brendan. Oh, no. We were all wrong because this was one of the games where uh, we, the thing we talked about the most was that slow mesh is just going to get eight alive. And they really did a first of all, Wake did a fantastic job of mixing up their play call. Like they did a great that was a great game offensively for Wake in just terms of play calls. But that mesh still fucking worked. It still <laughs> they still had a, a really good uh, success rate with it. Um Yeah, and it's hard it, and it's still hard to take Wake seriously. I'm sorry. It just it is. And so what is what does the Wake Forest Clemson game mean for the Notre Dame Clemson game? I don't know. Right. Uh, but I don't know how – I don't know really how I look at Wake, if I'm underrating them, if I'm overrating them. But, like, I still don't think very highly of Clemson. That offense is still pretty unimaginative. Like – it, to me, it just feels like they're still winning game. They're winning games right now because they have superior players. And that is it. I mean, DG Uyunglele is essentially the entire offense is um, DJU throwing bombs and Will Shipley willing himself um, to get extra yards. That was a great fucking touchdown run, by the way. He had, everything, uh, he had there on the. Oof. Yeah. I mean, everything, the effort was, I mean, that was serious effort, but everything else about their offense um, is wildly uninspired and like for, for like, I mean, wakes wakes on that same level as North Carolina. I mean, they're trash defense and they shot their shots and they got it. They did it. They did it with bombs instead of with, you know, relentless running. Um, but I don't know, man. I uh, it just a me... reminder, reminder that I picked Will Shipley as my end of year villain. So he's, <laughs> I, he's starting his he's starting his formation stage. He still he still has to be he still has to be alive by that game. <laughs> True, and he wasn't. And that's not a knock on Will Shipley. That's a knock on their play callers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, I, 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 other games their offensive of, line, their offensive line is is not great either. 
Um, so, and I mean, Florida state's opening up as a six and a half point flight favorite against wake this week, uh, suddenly resurgent, uh, Florida state for Florida. seven point, seven point favorite Carter Carl's turning that program around. Um, were you got, were you guys surprised that fucking Kent state scored 22 on Georgia? It was a close game for a minute. I think I saw for that, a minute uh, for, they were I mean, in the red was, zone with a chance to make it a one score game. And I think they got turned away. Um, so. I mean, I know I can't remember what the spread was, but I know it was more than 17. Yeah. Uh, so it was. kudos to one and three Kent state for putting up a, a valiant effort. Um, Brock Bowers had a 75 yard touchdown run, by the way, <laughs> that game. Um, just an incredible athlete. Um, That's I, it. That's I had to worry. He leaped. He leaped a dude, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. He's he's ran the ball three times this year, and all, all three times it's been touchdowns. Uh, I put the article up on the site today. You know, Mayer versus Bowers. Um, you know, just kind of basically, I'm trashing the Mackey committee for not having either of these two as finalists last year. Uh, but I said in that article, it's like, I don't know, man. If you got your quarterback situation straight in the NFL. You fucking draft mayor this year, and then the next year you draft Bowers yeah. <laughs> and build your offense around the tight ends because uh, plane out of tight both ends. are incredible. Wow, um, God, Maryland, Michigan, God damn, that was a fucking that was Maryland a game, man. I think a lot did. of teams with big spreads not covering this week. Oh you know, and God. it makes it that was makes like me what so was that? Angry. What was that spread? Like 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 forty? Damn uh, it was seventeen. It was like I think seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. And th- oh, that one okay. made me angry because essentially what it all boiled down to was it was the opening kickoff, and it was um, you know the, the run at the end of the half, and that that's fourteen points for Michigan in a game that they did dick squadly do the rest yeah. of the game. Yeah, yeah. JJ McCarthy, and, uh, not as not as good as people thought. No, and Tungvaloa no. took it took that shot to his ribs or hip or something, and he like it obviously affected him the rest of the game. So I mean that game was there for Maryland, um, Michigan. I, I mean you, you play three patsies, and then the first time you face adversity. Um, we, we will do some picks this week. I got them in here. Uh, oh, okay. 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 So, uh, I did, I did t- and Tally said I did take central Michigan and 28 points against Penn state. That worked out nicely. Yeah. So, I mean, so, that was a weird game too, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, closer. I mean, the, the Mac was representing, uh, yeah, on, they, they faded, they faded. Uh, they did the, the first they half. Did, looked they, nice. It was valiant. Um, Ohio State wiped their ass with uh, Wisconsin. You knew that was happening. Um, Kansas State does what Kansas State does, and they beat Oklahoma again. Um, <laughs> dude, AJ Martinez is he the fastest player in college football? Because there was there was two plays that I saw him just fucking streaking, and I'm thinking, are we sure he's not the fastest player in college football? He looked really, really fucking good. Um, but then again, he is playing a Oklahoma Sooner defense. Uh, right. And a hell of a, uh, a hell of a, um, uh, reclamation project 
for Adrian Martinez. He gets out from underneath the the stink. That yeah, it's is not supposed to work rack. this way. These transfer quarterbacks are supposed to be garbage or head cases, right? So far, I mean, it, it panned out all right. Uh, the Spencer Rattler sure hasn't. <laughs> um, uh, how's but, Phil Dracovic doing, guys? Uh, oh, buddy, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that in a second. Oh, okay. uh, but all right. But we had we had that, and that that was in Norman. That was uh, that was just beautiful. Uh, number the number six uh, spot doesn't seem like a spot to be in. So. Uh, no, that's the uh, the number two spot of the 2007 season. Number yeah, two was not. Yeah, it's happening. Like we're getting we're getting out of 2007. Hopefully Notre Dame gets more than one more win. We were saying this uh, last year, though, right? We were we were trying to yeah. invoke 2007 all throughout last year. Yeah, your monkey, your it's monkey just so good. Why would you enough. not want more seasons like that? But I think I think it's what this so is good. really. Why would you not want more? I think ultimately what this is telling us is that um, from. Four on downwards, the parity has never been better. But from three on up, because of the talent disparity with those first it's three that. teams, yeah, and and it bears out in the recruiting rankings. Like there, the in what was it? It was um. Wait, uh, is this more Clemson erasure? <laughs> well, it's sort of. Brendan, uh, admit it's, it. It's a little bit of Clemson erasure. But Clemson has never recruited at the the highest of high levels. I'm not going to count Clemson out. But but what I will say is that, um, and this was a point that was brought up after the Ohio State or before the Ohio State game, like why do we want Alabama to be getting all of the players? And they are. And Alabama and Georgia are getting all of the players. And so there's less five stars for the rest of college football to get so everybody's getting there's more parity with the four stars and the low end five stars and there's not but but the, but the the cream has officially risen to the top so well that and the the new transfer rules have really shook things up uh especially with the quarterback situation like like Tennessee here uh Tennessee's 4-0 uh top 10 just beat Florida 4-0 but I mean, I'd love not, to be. I mean, they beat Florida. They beat Pitt. I mean, they've they've, they've played some FBS school. It's not it's not that fraudulent. No, but I, I think mean, Florida's not very good, and they 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 were lucky to get out of there against Pitt. Well, they did it. Look, but this is a Tennessee program that has struggled for right, the better part of right. a decade. No, no, no. no. Uh, but I mean, you were you were you, playing against Pitt's backup quarterback at the end of that football game. Again, struggled for the better part of a decade. Fair. You're four zero, top ten, Hennon Hooker. My guy, I mean Tennessee and Hendon Hooker are, are are got things that I've had circled since last year. Um, yeah. So I'm paying close attention to that. Tennessee's doing what they what what they want to do and what they should do. Um, I I will be like, interested to see what happens in Baton Rouge in two weeks. I'll just say that uh, for Tennessee. Were either of you guys surprised that the? I mean, it just we talked about Pullman and Corvallis. As specifically as just like tough places to go in and play because of the of the high strangeness from those two places. Yeah. It's the Bermuda and, Triangle. Yeah. And, of the Pacific you know, Northwest. Oregon USC needed everything just, they had in that fourth. Yeah. USC, USC just barely beat Oregon State in Corvallis. Oregon just barely beat Washington State in Pullman. That was they 29 points in the fucking fourth quarter uh, from Oregon yeah. <laughs> in that game. Uh, I thought I still can't believe it happened. Yeah, I can't I believe too. it happened either. I thought they were dead. 
Uh, there was a there was fifty five points scored in Baylor and Iowa State. Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot of points for those. I thought Matt points. Campbell was pretty fired up on the sidelines for that game, yeah. right? Yeah, he got. Oh, he, dude, he was he was pissed. He was Mac Brown mad. He was Mac Brown mad. Great, great point. Uh, speaking of Mac Brown, Texas goes down to Texas Tech, so Texas is still not back. They're not. Uh, regardless of any Dijon mustard uh, NIL campaigns. No, he fumbled uh, away that NIL contract. Ew. And then the mighty Miami Hurricanes losing to Middle Tennessee State. It was a it, that game was a lot like the North Carolina game where the score looks like it was kind of close, <laughs> but boy, it let me wasn't. tell you what, that was not close. It was not. <laughs> Tyler Van Dyke what's, got benched. What, uh, oof. What's great about this Middle Tennessee uh, game? So my son's best friend, his older brother, took a gap year uh, last year. Um, he, gradu- he graduated, took a gap year. Um, he had all sorts of offers from like FCS schools, uh, a lot of a lot of the the Division two three. Uh, schools around here. He's a, he's a really good football player, running back, linebacker, safety. He can, he's an athlete. Uh, and my, my daughter has a huge crush on him. He's a handsome young man. Uh, but he took a gap year. Didn't know what he wanted to do. He almost went to go play for uh, NII, NII Powerhouse St. Francis over in Fort Wayne. I thought, he said, fuck it. He said, fuck it. He's going to go to Middle Tennessee State and go try to earn a scholarship. So He's enrolled down there right now. He was not able to get down there in time to to try out uh, to walk on onto the team, but is planning on doing that in the spring. So I just wanted to mention that. Uh, Hicksville, I you were going to say maybe a little, a little, uh, bit of, a little, little OVC. Did he, he, he wasn't uh, interested in some OVC action? No, no, no. So, but he's good. I mean, he'll be walking on in the spring. So there's a little bit of Hicksville there in that Miami win, which just – me sweet. I just thought it, I just thought it was funny. I wanted to mention it. So uh, what I think is funny is Matt Brown pointed this out. Do you know what Middle Tennessee's all-time record against the University of Miami is? Is it good? Anyone take one to take a gander? Yeah, it's three and zero. Oh. oh, look at that! <laughs> they beat him at thirty-one, thirty-two, and in, in two thousand twenty-two. Dude. Oh God! Just. Yeah, because uh, Matt Brown had to make shirts for that game, then they fucked up. Matt Brown had a great uh, extra point. Like, here's the most hilarious team that each you know major power school has lost to, or has on you know uh, has a record no wins against. So um, he had start he his lead was about Middle Tennessee because he thought it was objectively funny. He's a guy who has no stake in either either team, and then he looked up that you know Middle Tennessee's all time record against other teams. And he's like, wait a second, they're undefeated against Miami. That's, that's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. So well, let's talk about more undefeated teams. Let's talk about undefeated Syracuse. Yeah. Four. No, I was there. Yeah. So Jude, um, I watched the Brennan Armstrong, uh, uh, Brennan Armstrong real, real, that was your time. boy last year. I know that was your boy. I know. Yeah. Not, not so good. Not so good. Well, uh, Syracuse four. Uh, no, I mean, absolutely fucking incredible. I don't care who they played. I don't look when we start talking about some of these people like Kansas four and I don't fucking care who they played. They are four and O Kansas Syracuse four and O Illinois three and one and Illinois 
is a team that should be four and Uh, that one loss coming against the uh, IU and some, some, some referee hijinks. Okay. Uh, let's, but first of all, let's just, before we get to Syracuse, let's just clear this up. Just because Cal got screwed on one play by the officials yes. doesn't mean they were going to win a game that they lost by seven points. And you probably shouldn't be tweeting about it if you cover another name and you tweet about it in the third fucking quarter. Of the <laughs> as, Notre game. Dame, as Notre Dame what? is scoring a touchdown. That's and it was thing. a tweet. Listen, it was a tweet that was around bef- well before the game because I saw it and decided I was going to fucking throw some gasoline on it and went the fuck off. And now I still get I'm still have Cal fans and or whoever all up in my mentions about being a blue check mark and the language that I use. Because I told everybody to go fuck themselves. The only reason I saw the tweet was because Brett McMurphy, of all fucking people, retweeted it about the about the suspension and all that. And of course it's fucking Brett McMurphy. Fuck that motherfucker. I've, I've so, already muted Brett McMurphy on Twitter. But my, my, my timeline is much better than not knowing Steve. But Brett no, no, dude, it. you don't. You don't we're, we're, we, are, we are definitely different people because I fucking I feed off this shit. <laughs> of course, that motherfucker retweeted it. So that pissed me off to see that to no end. So I fucking I had to say something like, are you fucking kidding me? And I mean, how the fuck? Good. The fine. I dude, I totally can see that should not have been a an offsides call. Sure, no problem. But to not also fucking mention the non reviews, and then people want to bring up, well, why didn't why didn't you call? Why didn't they call for a review? There is a fucking time. Well, that's great coaching. No, 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 that's bullshit. Every play is fucking reviewed in the booth. Call down, zip it down. You're telling me that as close as it was, it was it was absolute fucking bullshit. And I wasn't going to fucking stand for it. And now, I, like I said, I have Cal fans over my shit. I had somebody accusing me of being trans and homophobic. Uh, what the fuck? What? <laughs> That's the crazy shit I ever fucking heard of. Well, I mean, it's, it's Cal. Yeah. Yeah, they, they had their feelings hurt. But it was just that tweet was around because I was throwing gas all over that shit before the game. And I thought, God, if Notre Dame ends up having a bad game and loses or whatever, I'm going to have all these fuckers really up my shit. And then here comes Pete Sampson in the third quarter. Maybe we should talk about this or whatever the hell it was in the red zone, right? Because it was a red zone. It was a red zone call, a PI call, right? You have damn near a hundred thousand followers, Pete fucking with great power comes great responsibility. No, he was, don't be, don't be that guy. He's trying to get on Adam Rittenberg's Hanukkah mailing list because I guess Adam <laughs> Rittenberg sends out Christ. the best Hanukkah, uh, Hanukkah cards this time, you know, that time of year. Cause that's the only thing I can think of. I think you're just tossing. That was a tweet for his um, national followers, which is what upsets me about him is that you should be tweeting and placating and playing up towards your core audience, which is Notre Dame fans, you shouldn't be trying to troll us in a football game that we are looking very good and playing very well in. You shouldn't be trying to shit on the team that you are covering actively during a game. Do that, not do that. No, this is not Wednesday. No. This is fucking third quarter red zone game day. No, it and was. 
fucking the, ridiculous. The other, the other ridiculous tweet was Heather Dinich, uh saying, oh, you, you know, I don't know if the, the outcome of this game is going to hold, but, you know, uh, Marcus Freeman sure, sure should get a chance to coach. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Notre Dame is up big against the team that uh, not a single national pundit outside of Kirk Herbstreet and Desmond Howard picked to win the football game. And you're out there tweeting about, well, we should give Marcus Freeman a chance. It's like, I just, I don't no even understand. That t- that and no one no really was not giving him a chance. First season. Yeah, that no. tweet makes no sense four games in his first season when literally nobody's calling for him to be fired. No one. Doesn't no, make no, any sense. Outside of like just maybe a crazy. Well, no one's serious. Thing, yeah. Yeah. The only thing I've ever said was, and, th- and I have to, the caveat was, if no, if Marcus Freeman finished the season with just two wins, they had every right to fire him. That was the only I, I, I said. He's I'm not finishing with two Because that's true. No, when you drop a 24 spot in the second quarter against a, 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 a you know, a power five school. That, 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 that before this game or during that game saying he should be fucking fired. Right. People are not saying that. Like Nobody's saying that when you're up 24 to 14. It's almost like she's trying to make fetch happen. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same 13. thing that you see. That like, uh, you know, when when uh, the Obi Wan Kenobi show came out, and then like they they took like three three guys with no Twitter followers that tried to like, you can't have a black uh, Jedi, and it's like, why are you giving oxygen to people that don't have a voice to make a a, a situation that doesn't exist? Leave it alone. Nobody's saying that. Nobody's doing this. Quit making a controversy that doesn't exist. No one is calling for Marcus Freeman's job. Nobody okay. with any few more, oxygen. A few more games we got to get to real quick. Can I talk about Syracuse real quick? Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. God damn it. We were still there. That's okay. Um, so their offense basically goes through two people right now, or as far as I can tell. Gare Schrader, who's the, um, who's the transfer from Mississippi State. He's their quarterback. He's also the team's leading rusher. Uh, so passing, rushing, I'll go through this guy. And then they have this uh, wideout named Gadsden. He's a skinny kid, but um, he's is, he, he's super good. And so that sort of seems to be the offense. And then the defense, they just they're solid. Uh, the coverage is solid. So, but it's hard to tell because the teams that they play in aren't exactly world beaters. But uh, it's been it's been really interesting to watch. And they're and they're very much like. They figure it out, always figure it out at the end. <laughs> every game, every not every game's been close, but uh, the last two certainly have been have been uh, kind of back and forth, kind of tilts. So yeah. um, they can be frustrating at times in terms of the they had I think four turnovers against Virginia, so there's some sloppy play there. Um, some just uh, they had a oh gosh they had a fumble on a on a kickoff return where the guy got, basically got blown up. Um, you know, ran into the the guy blown up into his own guy and fumbled. And that was just, that was just awful. But uh, yeah, they, uh, they, they got three, some, they got some weapons, three power five wins, which is impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, their number one tackler is a guy named Mike Jones. And I feel like there's a joke that could be made there. Oh, there's, there's all sorts of Mike Jones down until LSU too. Mike Jones. Yeah. <laughs> They have a player uh, what on the a, roster named Deuce Chestnut, which is phenomenal. <laughs> and I can only imagine what Pat's gonna have cooked up for old Deuce Chestnut. So I gave uh, I gave Kansas some love for being four and zero. But did you guys watch the Kansas Duke game at all? I watched the not first at half. all. Someone tweeted out, I, 
maybe it was maybe it was Caroline Darty. Like, like you're like you gotta watch this Kansas Duke game. Like it was like, oh darn. And I had just changed the channel. I'm like, it was not a fun game to watch. Other than the fact that it was fun that they were both undefeated going in. Maybe it got better. I mean, maybe maybe some some great things happened. I really don't know a whole lot about it. But anyways, Kansas beats Duke for a battle of the undefeateds. It should have been where College Game Day was at because that's just that just writes itself. Of course, they they don't do the right thing, and that's no, they weren't there. Um, no, of course not. Um, Michigan State getting absolutely fucking throttled by Minnesota, thirty four seven. Fifty yards. I don't know what the fuck's or something. Michigan State. Wow. I mean, wow. Yeah. Uh, after getting their asses handed to them by Washington, Minnesota takes care of that. Minnesota's 4-0 in the season right now. Um, Western Kentucky put up one seventy-three to nothing over Florida International. Just a lot. Of, that's a lot of fucking points. Seventy-three. Stephen F. Alston had to play an NAIA team and won ninety-eight-zero this weekend. Matt Brown wrote about that as well. I think uh, something too is James Madison first year in the uh, FBS three and they beat Appy State. They got some votes in the AP by the and way. They beat they not only did they beat Middle Tennessee State, but they housed them forty four to seven. So I mean James Madison, get on with your yeah, got some Dukes got some votes in the AP. Yeah. Uh, North Carolina still getting votes in the AP. Uh, yeah, so one that. person that was, one person uh, had them ranked like sixteenth. That was uh, that's Notre Dame didn't get any uh, crazy talk. Uh, Cal Cal had a 49 31 win over Arizona. Um, Ott, uh, Cal's running back ran for 274 fucking yards. <laughs> <laughs> Here's uh, I'm not I'll sure say, that that does. That is tangential to Notre Dame because um, UNC couldn't run the football to save their life. And Cal couldn't oh, yeah, run they the gave football up. to save their life either. Um, I think Notre Dame's rush defense, other than the final, you know, the the backbreaking drive against uh, uh, Marshall, Notre Dame's rush defense is pretty stout. Not too bad. They they had problems with Ohio State, but they got. Uh, it that reminds, was late too. It reminds yeah. me of the meme yeah. with the with the anime character with the butterfly. Like, is this something? <laughs> is this yeah. Hey, the hey, the Navy midshipmen got their first win of the season. Uh, double overtime against East uh, Carolina, home field apparel. See you. Yeah, they would have had the shirt before the game. Uh, Navy would have yeah. lost. They would, not, they would not have lost. In a battle of the worst, uh, one of the lowest over unders we've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> Iowa took care of uh, Rutgers twenty-seven ten. I bet the over, and I and it cashed. It was great. Four, uh, Fourteen of those points came defensively too. Yeah. That dominant Marshall team uh, that uh, got yeah, the win in South Marshall, Bend what you doing? lost their second what in a row doing? this time, sixteen-seven. Troy, to uh, not not good, Bob. Not uh, great. Hey, in the era Parsegian Bowl, uh, Miami of Ohio uh, took out Northwestern seventeen to fourteen. Mac. Fly that Mac flag, baby. Pat Fitzgerald, what are you doing? I don't know, but. I, he's sort of like Kirk Ferentz where you can just sort of like win your division every fourth year and have a lifetime contract. Apparently that's okay. Yeah. And the last game I want to mention is uh Florida state beating the absolute dog shit out of Boston college, 44, 14. 14. And Phil Dracovic had, 
he was 15 to 23 for 105 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. He had a QBR of 6.2. That is the best quarterback of the 2018 recruiting class, I might uh, add. Zay Flowers is absolutely getting hosed this season. Zay Flowers doesn't deserve this. I, uh, I don't really I want to stick up for. Up. Oh, go ahead. I wouldn't stick up for any BC player ever. Uh, but sorry, Zay. I <laughs> I feel bad for you, bro. Because you're, you're a better. I think he's a hell of a football player, and I just, I just you are playing in a shitty offense with a shitty quarterback. And with a shitty offensive line, it is bad. George Takas, bro, you didn't think you were getting this, taken, did you? I would have taken a straight-up trade, George Takas, for save flowers. <laughs> I, I would have thrown McNulty in there. Yeah, I would have thrown McNulty in there. <laughs> uh, and that's kind of our quick whip around for the thing, which I'd love to do. We uh, wish more Notre Dame podcasts would take the time to which, uh, talk about Which game are you looking forward to? to most this weekend well let's get into some picks because i got let's do it i got some picks um this is this the first pick i got this one's mm, chef's kiss uh iowa at home hosting michigan before we before we get into this can you recap for the for the listeners where we're at because i'm pretty sure i'm shitting the bed here pretty hard you are um so josh is 15 and 10 (laughs) you are 11 and 14 13 and 12 I went okay. three and two last week. Josh went two and three last week, and you went two and three as well. So okay. I'm making up some ground. Um, yeah. You should have you should have got on the North Carolina train, and you'd be you'd be right there. And we would have yeah. lost. A and M Arkansas fucked me. Yeah, it got me too. That was one of the only ones that picked that right. Fuck, <laughs> yeah, that play. I I think I saw the um I was listening to Sirius this, uh, earlier, and they were saying that that play. Uh, the point, the win expectancy swing from uh, was like 85% win expectancy Arkansas, and it went to 61% win expectancy Texas A&M on just one play that changed the <laughs> the whole course of that football game. All right, Brent, I interrupted you, and I'm sorry about that. Iowa-Michigan, is that what you said? Iowa-Michigan, a place that Jim Harbaugh has never won as a head coach and never won as a player. He's never won at Kansas. I love this. That is a Iowa, great anecdote. It, right? Iowa is a 10.5-point home dog. The line seems super low. Um, <sighs> Iowa has no offense at all. None to speak None. of. Um. I can't in good conscience pick. I can't take Iowa getting any amount of points. Uh, so I am going to, I'm going to, I'm going to jump on the grenade here and I'm going to say that Michigan uh, has kind of a bounce back from the Maryland game. And I think, I think they, I think they trounce Iowa just like they did in the big 10 title game. All right. First and foremost, fuck Michigan forever and ever. Yes. Uh, second of all, the hook is absolutely killing me in some of these, these picked games. Um, I could see Iowa losing this game by 10 and it's still covering with a 10 and a half point spread. And I love this little anecdote you just said about Jim Harbaugh having been lifetime snake bit by, uh, by Michigan or by uh, Iowa. So for all those reasons, let me take Iowa. Oh, thank Christ, Jude. Cause I, 
the Big Ten championship game last year, it, it, it cashed me in forever with Iowa. Give me Michigan. They'll cover. It's. I, I'm just glad we don't have to have money riding on this game. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. Although I did Brenda cost you guys money doing, in the. Brenda like, thought he was doing the, the grenade jumping. I thought I was doing the grenade jumping, and it was Jude. Um, no, the, the Big Ten championship game was is forever seared in my mind. Yeah, I just I don't foresee a situation where Iowa scores more than 14 points. And I think Michigan's at least good for 27, 28. Blake, Blake Corum himself is good for a couple of touchdowns. I, you know what I mean? At like he's good for two touchdowns. He's yeah. he's he's a good football player, man. He's fucking fast. Yeah, he's good. Um, the next one, I mean, it's, I pick rank on rank. Um, I don't know what Arkansas has got left in the tank, but they're hosting <laughs> Alabama after that brutal loss to Texas A&M. And they are a 16 and a half point home dog. I'll go first. I think they're cashed in. I mean, I, I like Arkansas, and I've said some good things about them this year, and I really like Sam Pittman, and I think that he's probably Notre Dame's next head coach. <laughs> uh, but no. Uh, yeah, you know, Bama. I just, it's going to be 20, 22, 24 points. Um, I need to make up some but, ground, and I also think 16.5 is a lot of points for um, a pretty decent Arkansas team. I know, I know I'm picking it's Bama and I do so at my own peril, but, uh, I'll take the points and I'll take the home, the home dog. Arkansas. Uh, yes. I think Bama's games are always such these huge spreads. It's yeah, such an interesting. God. Um, here's what I'll say about Bama. Um, they've scored 55, 20 against Texas. That wasn't great, but they had 150 million penalties. 63 Louisiana Monroe, 55 against Vandy. Uh, Texas is the only real team they played with a pulse to this point. Um, but I think defensively they want to get get after it. And I'm not sure where Arkansas is at after this game. I could see Alabama covering late. Um, so I'll take Alabama. Um, so the next one. Uh, undefeated Oklahoma State. Top 10 Oklahoma State? Traveling to Waco to play Baylor. And Baylor is a two and a half point favorite against undefeated Oklahoma State. Baylor team having lost to BYU <laughs> Baylor. I, I just, I don't get this. Uh, give me the undefeated team that's playing well, that's ranked highly and is getting two and a half points. So I, I I'm going to be on, a, I'm going to be in Oklahoma state, uh, at covering, maybe they don't win, but they're, they're definitely not getting, they're not, they're not going to lose by a lot. So if they lose, I'm, uh, I'm with you on that. Give me, I'm, give me the Cowboys. Oklahoma state is the highest scoring team in college football this season. Um, they've, they've played central Michigan, Arizona state, Arkansas pine bluff, not exactly a murderer's row, <laughs> but Spencer Sanders has looked exceptional since the second half, since the, the drive before the end of the half first half against Notre Dame, he has looked phenomenal. So, um, he yeah. made a deal with Beelzebub, uh, in the locker room. Yeah, he sure did. So give me Oklahoma state as well. Um, 
Next one, Florida State at home, ranked for the first time in God knows how long. (laughs) Seven-point home favorites against Wake Forest, coming off that overtime loss to Clemson. Do you guys believe in Florida State? They say Jordan Travis might play. It's just like, like, look, I'll say this. I'll pre- I'll preface this. Uh, I prove nothing. Wake Forest seem was the team in my eyes that really first broke Florida State for this terrible run that they've had. Maybe that's inaccurate, like maybe completely inaccurate. But I just remember some Wake Forest wins over Florida State. One of those came at Doak. And we're just like, holy shit. Like this shouldn't be happening to Florida State. Uh I just don't know if the claw fence This is tough. Seven points, Jesus. Uh you know what? I'm all in with Carter Carls. That's our boy. <laughs> Woo! Give me Florida State to cover. Um, I I really do think Wake Forest got a hard time. Um, kind of uh, that was a a game they probably should have won against Clemson. Tough game, overtime, one of those gut punch games. Florida State's riding a little high, a lot of confidence. I mean, give me the dirty knolls. Well, this must be moving. Someone because- told. Someone told me that I would look, I would look amazing uh, in a home field Florida State shirt today, uh, and I said, uh, "There's no way I will ever wear a no shirt." But uh, I appreciated the compliment. Uh, this must be moving week because this will be the third time out of four picks that I'm going to disagree with Josh. Um, I think Wake Forest could win this game. I think even if Florida State prevails, it Wake Forest can keep this within seven. So give me Wake Forest and the points. I'm going to follow Jude on this one. Um, I think uh, I don't think Florida State is is great. Um, and I think Wake Forest bounces back in this game. And I think the claw offense showed that they can score on just about anybody. And I don't know the health of uh, Jordan Travis. Um, and I'm not sure how good Tate Rodemaker is at playing quarterback. And if Tate Rodemaker takes considerable snaps in this football game, I think Wake Forest is able to just Florida State will score, but they're going to have to score every possession against Wake Forest. So uh, give me give me uh, the Demon Deacons. And then the last game we have here is Clemson coming off the aforementioned overtime win, a six and a half point favorite. So you get seven against Tier One North Carolina State. <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking boomer uh listen i picked north carolina state to be my acc champion this doesn't oh, that doesn't you. happen that doesn't happen unless they beat clemson in this game i my the pick i love the most here is the over 42 and a half for a total for a total between north carolina state and clemson it feels like an easy win there so i would be all over the over um but i'm also all over north carolina getting six and a half points and and i'm going to roll with the wolf pack until they prove otherwise 
21-20 against East Carolina. 55-3 against Charleston Southern. 27-14 over Texas Tech. 41-10 over Connecticut. I'm not sure how good North Carolina State is. Um, but I think that Clemson kind of showed their ass this week. So I'm going to take North Carolina State to at least cover this line until Ooh, boy. Clemson can show me that they are um, competent enough at playing offense because I think both teams can play defense. Uh, I want to see Clemson in the game against slightly more talent uh, show up. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. I, and I think North Carolina State's defense can get after it. So um, I want to see that Clemson offensive line uh, show up before I I get burned again like I did with Lake Forest last week. So I burned last week. Joshua, are we putting our, our, our harder money into the, the hands of Devin Leary? You are not because <sighs> if this game was played in the friendly confines of Carter Finley stadium, I, I would probably go the other way. Uh, I think Clemson at home Dabo, you know, he gets that look at me, look at me run down the hill uh, where he gets to run really fast. Uh, that dumbass is going to blow a fucking knee out uh, at some point, And that's going to be glorious. Um, but no, no, I'm not a believer in NC State. Uh, I wasn't at the beginning of the season. And I haven't been since. They've done nothing to to prove my thoughts wrong. Clemson still is Clemson, uh, and seven points isn't a whole lot. Was it seven or six? Six, six and, and a half. half is a spread, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Give me. Yeah. Give me Clemson. It's definitely a game that I want to watch, though. Yeah, it'll be so, in the night spot, so it'll be it'll be there for you to watch. We'll see what my wife has something to say about that. <laughs> 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 Listen, the bite is very printed in very big, bold, <laughs> sharpie letters on the calendar. <laughs> Uh, gentlemen, try not to get too jealous, but I will be at the Syracuse Wagner game starting at Ooh, five o'clock. The Wagner, of course, would be the anybody another nickname? The Wagoneers. The, the, no, the, the Eagles. Uh, you're not too far off. They're the Seahawks. 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 They have a lot of Seahawks and they've been they've been in enough NCAA tournaments. I knew it was a bird. Yeah, and uh, who is it? Wasn't John Monolith who played for Wagner that also played for Notre Dame? Um, oh shoot! This was uh, a couple I, years ago. I, Defensive yeah, tackle. They're... That's okay. It's not a big deal. I don't know the answer to this one. Tyler Stockton. <laughs> no, he's Tyler, a Ball State. Tyler went to he's Ball, Ball State. State. Yeah. 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 Uh, Daryl Hand. That's okay. It's all good. If I think of it before this podcast runs out, then I will. Um, unfortunately, uh, the, all I'm getting is the, Emil Wagner. <laughs> when I'm looking this up, this is not helpful. Pete, Pete Makwa? Pete Makwa? Yeah. That was him? Yeah. yeah, I think I think it might be him. Yeah, Pete Makwa. Fucking Makwa. 
Aqua. Oh, it took me three turns, and the first and the first two were ones that I knew didn't go there. <laughs> uh, well, that sounds like a good time there, Jude. Well, it's band day. I don't know. Do you, are you guys band people at all? Um, no. So, no. so they'll have a bunch of uh, high school marching bands. They'll all combine to, to join a super band and they'll all play a, a set during the halftime show. And so that actually should be pretty interesting. It's usually a pretty good time. Um, is it super band? Is that going to be like, uh, it's like God, when Mr. Big the, got together. It's like gorillas. No, no, no. It's like, like those like fighters. Yeah. Damn Yankees, Foo Fighters. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. New pornographers. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. It's super band. That's, that's a hell of a poll right there. So. Solomon concert for their. I mean, Wu-Tang Temp- is just, Temple, Wu-Tang's Temple, a, Temple, always Temple a solid dog. super group. Temple of the Dog? Anyone? Yeah, Temple of the Dog. Uh, God, what was the, what, God damn it, what can't I think of? What was the other band that, uh, that Lane was in? River of, um, Florida Atlantic. Tennessee. <laughs> USC. River Ole to Miss. Sea. Who sang River to Sea? Yeah, oh, I'm so mad at myself. Uh, uh, mad season. Mad season. Thank you. Thank you. It was great. And that's a great album. Great, great song, by the way. Chris Cornell. Look uh, at that. I mean, Audio Slave, right? Mm-hmm. Speaking Traveling of Chris Cornell. Traveling Wilburys. Yeah. Um, uh, West Side Connection. John Mayo. Yeah. Well. The Three Tenors. Well, jo- I mean, <laughs> Sorry. anything uh, John Dog Mayo. Found. Anything John Mayo did that was basically a super band. Slash the Snake Pit. Okay. Uh, the only super group that I'm interested in is when the RZA and uh, uh, and Hans Zimmer get together. What about Velvet Revolver? Mm. <laughs> That's horrible. That's a super band, though, right? <laughs> super band. Like, shouldn't super bands be like, should it be a threefold? Like, Damn Yankees was a super band because it was th- three different directions. Like, just because you take guys from two different. I mean, so, Boxcar Racer, is that a super group? Well, I, I would say Velvet Revolver is a super band, right? Yeah. I, Perfect Circle. That's a super group, right? It's Scott Wayland and uh, Slash. But, but, but look, wait, 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 wait. Is, is Perfect Circle really a super group or is it just Maynard's side project? Well, it's got people from Smashing Pumpkins, Tool, Marilyn Manson. All right. Yeah. Guns yeah. N' Roses, Nine Inch Nails. They're all pretty good people. Point taken. Point taken. And it's great. Perfect Circle is fucking fantastic. Uh, I don't know. So leave us a five-star review and tell us your favorite supergroup. That's what I think I'm hearing. And why is it Zwan? <laughs> why is it Zwan? <laughs> oh, yes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, get that, get that review in there. Uh, you'll get... Just say it's Wu Tang and I'll uh I'll 
say it's Wu Tang with your Twitter handle, and I'll make sure I uh, send some mad tweets out to you. Um, dude, what do you got left in the tank? So we talked about this before we hit record, but and I I'm I thought maybe two hours of recording would calm me down, but I'm still pretty fired up about this. Uh, Kim Mulkey is now the LSU women's basketball coach, but was once the Baylor uh, women's basketball coach, was asked in her first press conference following uh, Brittany Griner's uh, trial and conviction in Russia for comments about about Brittany Griner. And um, Mulkey decided to say that she had no comment. She had nothing to say about Brittany Griner, which is fucking infuriating. Um and the reason why it's infuriating is because I think there's a baseline level of human empathy that even if you don't agree with Brittany Griner's sexuality or her politics or anything else, she still did amazing things for you for four years, won you a national championship, turned your absolutely so-so uh, Baylor team into a, a national program and got you paid at LSU. And the least I think you can do is say that's a, a terribly disconcerting situation, and I have empathy for it, for her for her wife. That's all you needed to say. Like that's just baseline human behavior, being behavior. And Kim Mulkey couldn't even do that. And what is she upset about? She's upset about the fact that Brittany Griner, after she graduated Baylor, said that some people in the Baylor administration were not comfortable with with Brittany Griner being an out out lesbian and tried to tell her to sub keep that under the radar. That's what Kim Mulkey's upset about. I can't even imagine holding a grudge for eight years about something so fucking trivial that you can't even say one nice thing about your former player who's detained overseas in an absolutely scary ass situation. So Kim Mulkey continues to be literally one of the world's worst human beings. And I don't know why any black athlete would want to play for her because she clearly just made it clear today that she uses you and then she doesn't. And then after you're done, uh, you're of no use to her, then you literally don't exist on her radar. And well, I think the big thing too with her was, wasn't her race. It was her sexual orientation. Correct. So could you imagine, could you imagine for nine years being just, being upset that Brittany Griner called your 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 university out about that. And by the way, Kim Mulkey fucking defended our Bryles. That's the kind of level of human being she is. She defends our yeah, Bryles. Yeah, she's fucking trash. She's, she's trash. She has trash no fashion sense. <laughs> she has no fucking fashion sense at all. She's hanging out and having lunch with fucking Brian Kelly. This is the fucking human being we're talking about. This yeah. trash garbage. Perfect for LSU. I am only. I mean, she she literally is an Amy Sedaris character, is she not? <laughs> Has she done her yet? I, I I don't think she's like enough visibility for Amy Sedaris to do. But like, if she or Maria Banford doesn't do oh, her at I've, some point, like that's just. I mean, it's just literally. As I speak at a radar, that needs to happen because that'd be that'd be something else. Yeah, fuck that. Fuck. That's just really dumb. Just out of just a PR level and on a human level, it's just wrong. So, all right, Brendan, what do you got left in the tank? Uh, Broken Bells is probably my favorite supergroup. 
I love that we're still on this. Yeah, that's that's my favorite super group. Um, yeah. I, other than that, I'm bye week's a good time. Um, I said that I liked a bye week because it 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 came early in the season and it helps Notre Dame. It does not help me as much because it it certainly puts a damper in my ability to pick out the right pumpkin patch day. I normally counted on the 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 bye week to allow me a good pumpkin patch day. And the bye week coming the 1st of October uh, means, guess what, Macalinas? We're getting pumpkins on October 1st. I hope they last till the 31st. <laughs> oh, you can't do that on a Sunday? No, because Christina, Christina is locked into the NFL like nobody's business. She is the biggest Steelers fan that has ever lived. Mm-hmm. Um, and getting her away from the Steelers is right. If you go, very but, difficult. But you get, you get out of mass. And yeah. you can go get pumpkins. Steelers aren't going to play play the one o'clock oh. game all. Of them. No, yeah, you're the- right. Maybe maybe I can find maybe I have to take a look at the schedule. Maybe I can find a game where they're uh, they're they just played a Thursday nighter. Um, so so maybe we can find one where they're on a Monday or a Sunday night. But yeah, yeah, you're right. I'll take a look at the schedule here. Um, see if uh, see if we can't push the the pumpkin day back a little bit more. Otherwise. Um, this weekend is, is, uh, pumpkin patch time. Get some of those yeah, good, uh, good, good pumpkin patch donuts. Cause you can't beat pumpkin patch donuts. Well, what you can't beat is the fresh apple cider. So, right. But the, the apple cider the, and the, the donuts where they cook, they fry the donuts up fresh for oh, you yeah. and you get them and they're hot with the, the, the sugar too good. So the, the, uh, the apple orchard that we, that we've been going to, like traditional, it's been tradition. Like we go, we pick our apples, we buy like four or five gallons of, of their apple cider. Cause it's the fucking best apple cider we've ever had in our life. Uh, and this family drinks a lot of apple cider. Yeah. They fucking closed. Like they just said the hell they're not doing that anymore. And my wife's like, well, what, where the fuck are the trees at? Can we just go out there <laughs> and just go get them? I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure they, you know, call the cops, but, so we're screwed right now, uh, as far as our our apple picking. Like there, it's slim pickings, uh, no pun intended. Uh, kind of in this area for that kind of uh, that kind of fall uh, festiveness. Uh, the pumpkins are no big deal. There's like there's three giant pumpkin patch places around us, um, and all great pumpkins will be no big deal. But the apple, now we did we didn't do any strawberry or blueberry picking this year. And so now we're getting denied the apple picking. It's like this family doesn't have any fruit anymore. It's ridiculous. Um, but no, so I, big, my wife's been cut out my ass about uh, with her new work schedule and, and football season. Like we see each other for like 20 minutes, maybe on a day. Uh, and that's some, for some reason that bothers her. Um, so the bye weekend coming up, it's kind of a good time for her to get off my ass and looking for things to do. And I got to tell you, this is the strangest weekend. So just tight, like Googling fall festivals, like up, like in the Michigan, like up around like Holland, Saugatuck area that we love to go to, maybe even go up for, there's nothing this week. There's stuff last weekend and there's stuff next weekend. This weekend, it's like the entire state of Michigan is shutting down to see if Jim Harbaugh can finally get a victory in Kinnick. Because there is nothing going on anywhere. Hey, if you so, want, if you want to make your way up here, we can uh, we can hit up a pumpkin patch together. Because um, 
Steelers have a uh, Sunday nighter on October 23rd. Otherwise, we are locked in for that one o'clock spot. And see, su- Sunday be the only time we could do it because we. I, I think I have my mother-in-law's birthday uh, dinner on Saturday, um, and I don't want to piss Christy off. I'm not going to have that be our first interaction. Okay, you don't get to watch the Steelers. Uh, <laughs> let's go get some apples. <laughs> I mean, you could. I mean, I am a uh, a a prodigy of the Rod Woodson football camp. Um, you can tell her that maybe that'll, <laughs> that'll spark some interest. Oh, uh, shit. All right. Well, I hope everybody enjoys this. Look, it's cheeseburger week. It is one of the great traditions post Holtz that we have. Uh, thank you, Charlie Weiss for, for one of the better press conference comments. Uh, now we all have bye week is just, it's cheeseburger week. Uh, so we'll be still have stuff up on the site all week. Uh, you might see some more cheeseburger stuff, literal cheeseburger stuff, uh, moving forward. Um, Jude and I are pretty pumped up about fig thing, uh, coming back as a Red Bull flavor. (laughs) (laughs) I got a fig thing. I have an actual fig thing, Irish cup. You pour some in there. Oh my God. The first thing, as soon as I saw that fig apple, I'm like, they just fucking made fig thing. They just made it. But it's in a green can, Jude. I'm worried that that this sells well. I don't know if I've ever had the fig apple. Well, it's no, no, we haven't had it yet. This is going to be the winter flavor. Gotcha. But it's been in other countries, right? Maybe. Yeah, pretty sure. I I feel like I've seen it before. that, That if it sells well, they'll want to make that the green flavor. Oh yeah, no. It can't get rid of dragon fruit. That is my number one go-to right now. The 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 summer flavor of uh, the strawberry oh, yeah. apple, probably the best thing I've ever tasted. Yeah, that shit no, was fire. That's great. That's great. And which and that will be in the full rotation, according to Jude Nye's source, placed high in the Red Bull hierarchy. Uh, so that's good news. Yeah. But yeah, fig thing is coming as uh, is coming at you with as a Red Bull flavor. So fucking amazing. Uh, oh, that was a Brian Kelly era thing, though, wasn't it? Fig thing. Fig thing, yeah, that was Brian Kelly era. <laughs> Might have been the first year, actually. I was going to put a post together about the, all the the post-Holtz traditions that we have <laughs> now. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fucking list. It's a lot. Everything that has to do with Navy, post-Holtz. All our Navy traditions. Outside of the fact that we still schedule them for no goddamn reason, the 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 singing with them, the fucking mutual respect, all that none of that stuff was. No one gave a shit about that. Uh, right. When when like the Purdue the, drum, right? Nobody gave a shit about the Purdue drum until the <laughs> Purdue drum wasn't allowed in the stadium, and then everyone all of a sudden was very interested in the Purdue drum. Yes, and that was one of my <coughs> my big whiffs as a uh, reporter on the ground was not the. Uh, <laughs> Brendan, you were with me at the Purdue yeah, game. I was going to say, Brendan had great coverage of the Purdue drum. He had a picture of the drum outside the stadium. Yeah. Yeah, of course was, I did. Uh, yeah, of course I did. We, we really needed to do more with that. That should have just been the, the focus that – the main focus the, of that day because that game went as well as everything that happened, we already knew was going to happen. But anyways. Uh, Georgia Tech fired uh, Jeff Collins. You guys read that too, right? 
Yeah, and uh, Bruce Feldman is pounding the drum for uh, Deion Sanders, and I don't like it because I think Deion Sanders could recruit there, and I like to get kids from Georgia. And if Deion Sanders <laughs> is the coach of, coach of Georgia State, or of Georgia State, of Georgia Tech, uh, good luck getting kids out of uh, Atlanta. Yeah, I just don't see that being a, I don't see that being a good fit, so. I, I only, I only don't want it to happen because, or I need it to happen because I've, I've been talking about Georgia Tech for what now? Three, four years? Easily. Ever since, the, ever since, ever since they got Paul Johnson the fuck out of there, the Jeff Collins era, I just keep saying Georgia Tech could be a program that could be a thing. They're in the ACC. It's not the SEC. You're in it. You're in Atlanta. And I think when the NIL era, the kids in the Atlanta area. Atlanta is a very sexy city, man. That is the Atlanta is a hot city. They don't call it hot Atlanta. That's that's wrong and dumb now. But Atlanta is a very happening city. Uh, lots of things going on. Kids are drawn to a lot of what's going on there. Um, very sexy. That could be an easy recruiting draw. And Deion Sanders is definitely a guy that could sell that kind of stuff to the kids and that's in the and the the schools surrounding Atlanta that Notre Dame likes to go down to. Uh, yes. We're still not hitting at a high rate down there, uh, but it's still a, a part of our recruiting strategy. That wouldn't be great for Notre Dame, but again, it does go great with my with my take about Georgia Tech. <laughs> so I'm not sure if Deion Sanders does. I don't know, man. That. I, I think if Georgia Tech could get him, they absolutely should. Right? Like Jude, if you even if you don't think it's a good fit, don't you think they still? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, should go get him. That's the that's the because that seems to be a. a he's an yeah, Atlanta that's guy, the, right? That's the hire that the doesn't. Falcons, and that's the hire that pays immediate dividends and. Um, I think he can act. I think he can actually coach. So, so let me ask you guys, let me ask you this. Deion Sanders has. Deion Sanders has what? Uh, well, Deion Sanders, uh, could play two sports at one. <laughs> um, and one of them is Georgia, right? Him. For a Georgia team. One of them was in Georgia. And didn't he? Uh, didn't he get a actually a two of them were Georgia, right? Because the Braves and the Falcons. My God, I thought he was a um, a red, right? Yes, but he did the he did the do the Braves too, right? Oh, am I just misremembering that? No, I, don't, I remember he uh, he famously uh, landed a hill. Dion was on the the championship team, was he not? When they played the Indians. Uh, um, oh my God. Yeah, he was a Brave. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He was a brave for three years. Yeah, look at that. Good Dion. Good old Dion. Well, we've lost our fearless leader. Maybe this is a maybe this is a perfect time to uh, end this podcast in a little bit of a then a bye week. Right. Um, for Joshua, for Brendan, I'm Jude. Have a good week and go Irish.